All right. Welcome to bootstrapped.fm. This week we're here with Brian Cassell. Is it Cassell? It's Castle. Castle! <sighs> it's okay. You pronounced it the way everyone else in my whole <laughs> life has ever pronounced it. So. Well, that's like the, one of the guy who works for us. It looks like Fideo. But Fideo. Fideo. Every <laughs> single time. The internet is just horrible for this because... You know, you don't know how to say anything. Like, it's everything's written and you just read these things and who the heck knows how anything's said. I don't know. It's horrible. Well, thanks, uh, Brian, for being on the show. So we have, like, tons to figure your brain about. Um, but, uh, yeah, cool. So thanks you, for having me on, guys. I've, I've been a fan of, of both you guys and, and the show for, uh, for a long time. So, yeah, it's cool to hang out. Jeez, I don't know. We met at MicroConf in person, like, a few years back. And I think I had kind of known what you were up to a little bit before that. But then after that, I started to... Uh, listen to the podcast and and i think you whatever newsletter or whatever whatever the various forms of uh, communication you have follow you on twitter but um yeah but yeah so it's good to have you on you do all kinds of stuff bootstrapped web is, is your podcast and uh audience ops which i'm sure we'll talk a lot about give us the overview of uh kind of your background and then we'll we'll jump into some uh details on what you have going on uh sure i mean i'll try to keep it brief uh, yes. I've been through a lot of different things over, over the years now, but, um, I, I usually start with where I'm at today, which is, yeah, like you said, I, I co-host the bootstrapped web podcast with, uh, with our buddy Jordan gal. Um, and, uh, my business that I basically focus on full-time marketing company, uh, up until now for the past two years, we've, we've been doing kind of a productized service around content where we basically provide a done for you content service. Um, but right now heading into 2017, pretty soon we'll be launching, um, a software product called audience ops calendar. And that'll be a, like a content calendar tool with some automation built into it and some some fanciness there. Um, and so that's what's happening at audience. My personal blog, uh, castjam.com, And that's where I've been writing for the past few years. And, uh, I sell a course called productize and I, and I tend to focus on this concept of the productized service. And I've been, um, you know, working on that for the past couple of years and productize continues to be kind of like the, the focus of, on that side of things. Um, before audience ops, uh, I ran a company called Restaurant Engine and uh, ultimately sold that in 2015. Um, and that's when I transitioned to doing uh, audience ops. And before that, uh, I was um, uh, just a freelance web designer uh, for a few years. And uh, and yeah, that, that's kind of the, the background. So this is, a, this is something I've been thinking about lately. Uh, and you're, you're a good guy to ask about it. Um, because I was talking to this uh, gentleman just the other night at this is in our in my area. He owns a bunch of restaurants and hotels and motels, and he's an investor in a bank. And so he's got this big business, does all these different things. And it's like on the internet, I feel like the conventional wisdom has been for a long time that like you have your one product, and that like you should focus on that one thing completely, which is pretty much what what I've always done. Like we have help spot. We had one other product for a little while, but that was it. So, you know, 10 of the 12 years. And now I'm like starting to question that. Cause every person I talk to in the real world off the internet, who's 
an entrepreneur, like they almost all have multiple things of in some way, shape or form, like multiple products within their organization, or they have just totally separate businesses like motels and restaurants and banks uh, all merged together or multiple stores, even in physical locations, which is kind of, you know, and still you have that like split. Um, so now you're selling, you know, three things at least, or you will be soon. Um, plus, I don't know if you still do any consulting stuff as well. Plus, you run a conference, I know. So there's a lot going on there. So I don't know. What do you yeah. think? Although of I, I wouldn't call that really a conference. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's get a ski trip with 12 people in a house. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, you know, you still have to build a website. You still advertise. You know, it's still got, it's not a lot of, maybe as much work on site as a full conference, but it's, you know, you're still, it's still a distraction. Like, I don't know what, you, I don't know, Butov too, like Butov's well, always been more in this camp of like having a million things going on. But, uh, I don't know for me, it's like, I'm trying to get my, wrap my brain around this. If this is really the way of the future here. Well, it's a definitely a good question. It's something that I've been thinking about and probably changing my views on a lot over the last couple of years. Um, I, I feel like me personally, I, I've gone in the direction of becoming more focused actually, despite the, um, when I was doing restaurant engine, especially in the early years of restaurant engine, I was really had my hands in like a lot of different things all at the, all the same exact time. So I was still doing freelance consulting work back then, like web design work. I was trying to build up this restaurant engine bootstrapped SaaS productized service thing for the restaurant industry. I had, I was doing, uh, um, other little software things that I, that I was trying out on. Um, I, at that time I, I had built, I, I wrote an ebook about, about design for conversions. And then I did the productized course. I was doing all those things like simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually uh, like fast forward to 2015, I, I exited tw- uh, restaurant engine and, and one of my goals and, and one of my reasoning reasons for making that change was, actually to become more focused. And so when I started audience ops, um, the idea was that audience going to be building and focusing, you know, 80% plus 90% plus of my time and, and energy on for the next several years. Um, and, and th- my, my personal blog, castjam.com, where I, I write and I still sell the productized course there that has, has definitely t- taken a back seat. I mean, to a large extent, I've automated a lot of that. So there are articles and, and my newsletter has a lot of automation built into new articles, but much less frequently than I used to. I mean, now yeah. I might write, I might write one new thing a month. If that sometimes like six weeks without writing something new. Um, so it's very much a, a backseat and the productized course itself is I built it in back in 2014 and I did a small update in about a year ago, but beyond that, it's, it's a passive income type of type of deal there. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I'm ops now audience ops. Now we're getting into this phase going into the next year where, where we will have multiple products, but they're, um, uh, it's all coming from audience ops and, and they're kind of related in a way and they're, um, they one leads into the next, they kind of work together as a system and I've got a team on audience ops and, and different people are working on different aspects of those things. So it's not just all me doing all, all this work, right. although I, I'm really hustling to, to do this stuff. No, no doubt about that. But, um, 
But yeah, I mean, really the goal right now is, is, I think my thinking on that question has been, I used to really um, think about the, like the Rob Walling model from a few years ago where he would have, you know, a handful of different bootstrapped businesses um, and, and they all amount to a, to a good overall. Um, Now I'm more of the mindset of work on one big company at a time or one main business at a time for for a, a number of years and then either put that business on autopilot or exit it and start some and and get into the next phase mm-hmm. so that's and, and on the personal side of things i i do believe in having some sort of personal um uh place where i teach what i'm and building some sort of personal audience kind of throughout everything else that i'm doing but it's still very much a side project, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, the, what you were also saying about like the the offline entrepreneurs and and especially, um, I, I know people just like that as well. And um, especially some of the older folks who've been around for 10, 15, 20 years building businesses or, or, or longer, um, you do tend to see, I think the difference there is they've, they've grown everything to a point where they have managers in place. Yeah. Uh, and, and even like one guy I know actually runs like, he owns like 50 sprint stores in the Nashville area. Wow. Um, and he runs a, a SaaS for salespeople and he, and he's got all these other crazy ideas <laughs> and, and essentially, and I was asking him, I was like, dude, dude, you're running like an empire. Like, how do you do that? And, and, um, for something new, I basically just give the idea to my general manager and he runs with it, you know, like, That's great. And, and not, like, not the internet way. No. And, and it's, <laughs> um, and you know, I think eventually you, you grow to a point where you have, you know, you, you can build up an empire or, or other people go the path of, you know, building one big company after, after another, and they kind of grow up to being some sort of, you know, angel. Um, That's a whole nother world there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, it is interesting to see how different people evolve over over time and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the idea of selling like, like so you kind of the mindset it sounds like of you know you're gonna work on this for like two or three years or whatever the like natural cycle of it is and then be ready to move on to the next thing um, versus staying you know versus saying like this is it like audience products like this company is gonna become the company with a level of management below you um, that's like, you know, vice president level managers. And then, you know, that it could get bigger and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. How do you, what do you think about that? Like, is that, do you think that's a, on the one hand I see it as a good mindset uh, and also just by the nature of the kind of entrepreneurial nature of wanting to work on new stuff and um, go into it with that mindset of like, um, then that kind of plays into that well. But on the flip side, does that maybe hold you back? I think um, for me right now, we're in like late 2016, December, and uh, I've been working on audience ops for a little bit less than two years mm. now. Um, I would say I'm nowhere near ready to move on. Like it's going to be several more years for at least that's my thinking today. <laughs> I mean, right, maybe right. The next, <laughs> next month it has but uh, I'm, I'm, I do see audience ops for me personally as like um, much more of a, a long-term game than restaurant engine was. Um, 
when I got into restaurant engine, I originally my, like when I started it, my thought was, all right, let's see if I can bootstrap this thing and, and, and get out of freelance work. And, um, and you know, then I can automate it and, and keep it and then work, go move on to something else. Um, and what ended up happening was I, I decided to sell it, but, um, yeah, like that, like I, I didn't see myself really digging into the restaurant industry for, for right. more than, I mean, I didn't even expect to work on it for four years. I, I did. But then after that, I mean, I, I was just so disconnected from the restaurant into that. Um, and whereas audience ops has an, has an audience and a customer base that's much more in line with like my people, you know, um, listeners of the podcast or people that I hang out with at conferences or just like the people, a, a lot of our clients are actual friends of mine or, or people right. that would be friends that I'm talking to anyway, like about business and, and stuff. So, um, I do, uh, that does factor yeah. in like an interesting way. Cause like with, uh, it's like, it, you know, I definitely know a lot of people who use help desk software in some form or another, but most of them are going to be, you know, HelpSpot's core market isn't really the bootstrapper crowd. And so it doesn't really play well into them. And there's this like idea of like we have this audience and I have a product that doesn't really work with that audience. So it's kind of interesting in there's some stuff, you know, I'm sketching for 2017. That's like it's like people who listen to this podcast, people follow me on Twitter. Like none of those people are um, yeah, not none of them, but a very small percentage are really in help spots wheelhouse and uh, you know, should that be a factor, um, you know, going forward and, and also the kind of, this is only tangentially related, but, uh, the personal brand aspect too, and continuing to kind of build that uh, is not, it's something I did right when I started you, when blogging could actually get you attention and things like that when it was easier. Right. And so, you know, you have a blog and it, quote unquote internet famous people are interacting with you there and it was there was a lot less sort of um chatter and so then HubSpot took off and thus all that stuff got put aside and now it's like oh i wish for the past 10 years i'd been like collecting email addresses <laughs> or uh just blogging semi-regularly or so keeping keeping that one eye on that is i think a very useful thing uh to try to do as well. This week, Bootstrapped is sponsored by Linode. Um, if you're looking for virtual machine hosting, I uh, definitely ought to check out Linode. They have eight data centers. Um, all the plan, the base plan starts at two gigabytes of RAM, and it goes up from there into very large servers. Really straightforward pricing, 10 bucks a month um, to start. And that's actually built hourly. So if you want to spin up a, a server just to play around with a side project and spin it back down, you're only going to pay, uh, you know, for the fraction of, of time you used on that. Um, they recently switched uh, from Zen to KVM and have seen, you know, 300% performance increases uh, with the servers uh, we use at Userscape um, run on Linode. And we did that conversion. And it's amazing. We were able to actually lower... Uh, the size of many of our servers down to just the base two gigabyte server because they're just ridiculously fast now. So that's really been awesome. It's all uh, 40 gig uh, network. It's all modern Intel processors. It's all native SSD storage, 24-7, 365 support. 
seven-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, again, I've been hosted there for I don't even know how long, five years or more, um, with about 10 servers. Andre uses it as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely highly recommend Linode. Um, and uh, they've actually given us a, an offer code, bootstrapped20. So if you use that code, you'll get 20 bucks off um, when you sign up for an account in Linode. So basically, uh, you can get your first two months for free. Uh, or even if you're only using it for partial months, it could be last you longer than that, obviously. So definitely check that out. Offer code bootstrapped20. And we'll have that in the show notes uh, as well as a link right to that. That that applies a discount for you. So go ahead and just check it out in the show notes. Click on it. Um, our big, big thanks to Linode for always being a huge supporter of the show. And uh, I really can't highly recommend them enough. We use them for uh, everything at Userscape. And uh, it's been been rock solid. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring the show. But you know yeah, what? I mean, back, I think. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, go sorry. No, go, go on, Andrew. No, I was just thinking. I remembering back to those times, like around 2005, when you started blogging. Yeah. And I remember back then thinking, oh, but now it's too late to do all that. We really should have started when Spolsky right. was starting in 2000. <laughs> That's when there was no competition. Now everything is saturated. Yeah. Every time, then like five years ago, but and five years ago it was like a completely empty level, empty room of competition. But it was always that way because your perspective is of that age. Well, that's like yeah. the, that saying is right. It's the best time to start is today or whatever, you know. I mean, that's like, that's why people need audience ops, right? It's like, they think there's too much well, out there, but they got to get started today. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's a difference between personal blogging and like, and doing content in your brand. Yeah. Um, and I think that has changed a lot, especially in recent years. Um, uh, but on the personal side of things, like I, I just, for me personally, I've, I've always felt, um, just to use it as an, like an outlet to just yeah. to get some thoughts out and, um, it used to be like just writing like kind of notes, but kind of like journal like stuff that nobody was interested in, like literally 10 visitors a month. And then I started to finally key into the idea that, Hey, maybe I should something. Um, and, um, and so I, I've always been of the mindset, like I should be building a business and working on that and whatever marketing channels I want to use for that. I'm going to work on those. And on the side, I should be writing what I'm learning and teaching it and, and build, and while I'm at it, build an audience there too. Um, and I really started to get like, just following the footsteps of, of people like Rob Wallen, you know, around 2012, 2013 is when I started to really see like, Oh, these guys are building businesses and building their, their audience. Um, but it's also just cause I, I like to write like everything on my personal side. I, I it's just me. It's not my team writing. Like that's right. like, productize and and the bootstrap web podcast and my personal blog is literally all all me or the podcast is me and jordan um and that's kind of just stuff that i do for fun like i'm gonna do it anyway so content and building a list and 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 marketing a business the we're actually starting to shift our strategy a little bit and what we do for clients on audience hops now um where i think it's more about building like a resource hub mm -hmm. uh and um more like, like evergreen kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing a lot of evergreen content, but now we're we're just going to structure it in more of a way so, so that it's like kind of focused on like one really to your business and to your customers, and we're going to build it into sort of like a multi-chapter um, resource 
on, on that topic. And basically, you know, we take like three months to build that for, for each client and, and we're kind of moving more in that direction. Um, and then setting up like the email automation on the back end so that, that, that content, you know, drips out to new subscribers over time. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause that's like some of the stuff we've been sketching out for on the content side is kind of along that line too, where it's, <clears throat> yeah, like the blog format, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, yeah, having that be where you have kind of a theme and maybe more of a central, um, yeah, like it's a book or whatever resource, whatever format it takes, but it's like, here we go deep on this one thing and there's, here's all the stuff we've written about this and then it kind of goes out from there. Uh, is see, people don't follow blogs like they used to, right? So like there's yeah, no exactly. RSS like anymore. That, so like that's, that's the, the thing. thing. Unless like people don't follow a company's blog like it's a like it's a news blog the, yeah. the way unless like there are a few outliers you know sure. you look at something like the kiss metrics blog who's really built up their their audience and and people kind of look to them as like people go there literally just for the research and the insights and, and things and there are a few other blog company blogs like that but sure. even you know mid-sized um it, i think it's more important about educating your best customers about the problem that that your product should be solving and um and and like the, you thinking about the content more as an asset um rather than like a weekly news item right it, you know a, an asset that you can fit into your current sales process or all those leads or something you know 90 percent of them didn't convert right away so you you want to have those content assets to follow up with them over time and keep them keep keep your your stuff kind of top of mind you guys I liked it when you just had like a product on the internet and that was it you guys pay way too much attention days. to all this stuff <laughs> put way too much thought into your business well i you know and i and i don't that it's just content anymore like you, you need to like content needs to fit in with other things that you do in terms of marketing and that's that's the thing that i'm starting to learn in the, in the past year or so like um, really building out these, these funnels and testing different, different ways to get in front of your audience. And, and I think it's, especially for SaaS, it's just so much more competitive than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and so webinars, um, you know, going to certain, sponsoring different what things. What do you think like, about this? You know, um, uh, I, to me, if I feel like if you're starting a SaaS today, especially SaaS, like, and this has always been true uh, on a certain level, but I feel like it's literally critical today to have the mark. The marketing has to be one thing with the product. Like the product has to have the marketing baked into it. Like it has to have some like thing about it that markets itself or sells itself to some degree and also helps it spread itself. And then you can have content and other things on top of it. But like that's one of the problems with HelpSpot is, you know, it's a tool for everybody. It is a tool for every single business in the world, in theory, that answers email support. So that's like, and so it's general and it doesn't really have, there's different things we do a little bit here and there, but it's not baked into it deeply. This a tool that does its job really well, but it's not, the marketing aspect of it isn't baked in deep. And I feel like, the marketing aspect has to be baked into the product and then 
you layer the other stuff on top of that, which isn't really how software used to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the idea of mark, the marketing built into the product, I think it re- marketing really is just about solving a problem and, and building a great problem. And, um, and so I, I think to really have that, that product market fit, you have to be solving a burning pain that a, that a large and growing number of people have and they're actively seeking a solution to that pain or that problem. And I think these days, since it's so much more competitive, you kind of have to niche down if, if you're a new or smaller product. And, and if you're in a competitive market, you know, uh, it is a, an active market that's growing, but you have to find a way to position yourself to, to be like, people choose your product. Uh, you, You just go into it acknowledging that like, look, they can compare five or 10 different big players in this space. And we're not going to overtake any of those players. We have to work, we have to play alongside them, but the people who choose us are choosing us for this reason. And it's because we have this special segment of this market, if that makes sense. But even a layer back from that, I still feel like it needs that. Like, so obviously a tr- kind of a common example would be something like Dropbox where they could have made Dropbox. It was just for syncing your own files. And that would have been a certain thing and it would have been a very useful tool. But by opening up the idea of sharing, like, okay, let's work on this project together. Like me and Andre have a shared Dropbox where every bootstrapped episode goes. So there's Andre to it, right? So I'm going to be like, Andre, you've got to sign up for Dropbox so we can do this thing together or whatever. And, and something along yeah, those like, lines, like a viral. Yeah. Uh, like it's got, and obviously Dropbox then more famously, even than that core aspect had the like, you know, Obviously, when you go to tell Andre about this, you should use our link and all that stuff and you get free space and people love that, whatever. But that's even kind of a step outside of it, like baked in all or like base camp, you know, we're going to bring you in on this project, um, that kind of thing. And that's another thing, too, is this idea of like the number of users and do you limit the number of users, which is the traditional way you do it or you charge per user in a lot of industries. but is that even a mistake? I, know, that, I feel like we should go away from that. But at the same time, then you see companies like GitHub and Trello go towards that. So I don't know. There's a lot there. But well, I, uh, I, what do they call it? Like, a, you know, like the viral loop or, or uh, virality right. of, of a product. Like, I think that's that's awesome if you can if if your product makes sense for that sort of thing. Of course. Um, but not every every product does. But like one good one, another good example would be Calendly. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Calendly, yes, like, like many yes, people are. And, exactly. Uh, like you invite someone to an event, and it's like, oh, I mean, that's how I found out about it. Yep, Somebody that's how everybody like, found out about know. it. Exactly. That's exactly uh, it. You know, but like, at the same, it's not the sort of thing that you can just like bolt on to your product. Like, oh, I'm exactly. going to press press the viral button now. Like, it's, right. You know. Uh, but do you have to rethink when you're thinking about your product? When you're having an idea that is the stage to be like, is how do we get to that point? And yes, it can't just be, and there's a button that lets you share. You know, if it doesn't make any sense to share people directly, right. You can't just have that button there for that purpose. That won't, that won't work. But then do you re change the idea maybe even, or come at it from a different angles, probably a better way to think of it. Like how do we have that in there? You know what I mean? I think it's one of the factors to consider if you're, if you're just thinking about like what should be my next business, like, yeah, that's probably right. a good, a good thing to, to look for. Um, 
But I think if your product just isn't one of those types of products that like, I don't know what would be a good example. Um, Sketch is a pretty popular software mm-hmm. tool now for what's, what's the virality of, of sketch. Like it's just a yeah, piece desktop of software, software that, is hard. that you're going to use, you know? Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I, although I, I guess it's true that more and more SaaS are interactive in some way and some more so than others, but, um, yeah, it, it's becoming, at least in the B2B SaaS space, like there, there are more things that touch other people, yes. you know, uh, whether there are people on your team or your clients or people to like the public, like your audience. Um, yeah. Cause even if it's internal to a company, like a lot of our growth comes from it's spreading within like, so department A starts using HelpSpot and then people in department B find out that department A is using HelpSpot and they're like, Hey, like we want that too. Um, so it's not always just that like, uh, y- y- of internally within the organization, like that's where it kind of gets at, like, should you have unlimited users because, and find a different way to tier the products, whether it's features or whatever, so that it's really easy for people to say, Hey, like we're going to let this other group in and use it too. And, um, from there, yeah. then they, they, that other group maybe needs different features or they need, you know, or that creates the need for more resources if you have resource-based pricing or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the they, user seat pricing is, is again, like one of those things that if it makes sense for your product, you know, it's probably a good idea, but it doesn't make sense for all products. Yeah. And I, and I have seen too many SaaS who, who kind of try to box you into this per user pricing where it just doesn't make sense. Um, but then other, other products that do, I mean, like right now I'm, I'm thinking through the, the pricing for this audience ops calendar software. Um, it's nature, it's a collaborative software. It's for working with your team. And I think it's, we're going to go with it with, um, kind of three tiers. The lowest will be a solo plan. Like if you're just totally solo, you don't have a team, you know, for this lower price, you can, you can use it yourself. Um, probably most people will use some sort of team. And so I'm thinking like maybe up to three people or up to five people will be on the, on the middle plan agencies. And that takes it to a level where you can use it on multiple sites for multiple clients and up to 10 clients, you know, you, you, you pay this higher price. Um, that's kind of how I'm I'm thinking about it there, but it's, it's going to, I, yeah, I think that makes some sense. And then we just tear up. There's no like unlimited level. No, like, no unlimited. It would right, be just tear it up. From I there. think like the initial thing would be up to some limit. And right. then, and then it's like per user after that. That makes sense. We sold unlimited for a while. That was a mistake. So don't do that. <laughs> unlimited is yeah. bad. And we'll be back next week with part two of our interview with Brian Castle from Audience Ops.